This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is presented by GolfGuide.net, the best place to save 20 to 70% on greens fees at golf courses across Northern California and beyond. And when you go to GolfGuide.net, use the promo code GGPODCAST and save 10% on any purchase of $25 or more. Once again, that's the promo code GGPODCAST on GolfGuide.net. All right. What a tournament. Let's talk about it. Hello, everybody. Holy cow, it feels good to be back. What a, what a long hiatus that was for me. <laughs> you know, not, not being able to just talk into a microphone completely by myself and hoping that hundreds of people are listening on their end is... Oddly, it's it's kind of a bruise to my ego. So anyway, it is very nice to be back with all of you. Um, we are here to talk about that PGA Championship where uh, Brooks Kepka has captured his third major championship in the last two years, uh, which I would say, you know, fairly confidently puts him in the conversation for the best golfer on planet Earth at this precise moment. Um you know, very similar to uh, his win at Shinnecock earlier this year at the U.S. Open. Just a real textbook performance. Um, the guy was just excellent from from the start of the finish until the end. And uh, certainly a very deserving champion. Um, but, you know, oddly enough, even though Brooks Kepka is the champion uh, you know, of the 2018 PGA Championship, he is not the top story. The, the top story for this tournament is none other than than Eldrick Tiger Woods. Um, and, you know, full, full disclaimer for all of you guys listening to this, I am uh, currently recording from a, a nice little loft in uh, Hanoi in Vietnam. I've spent the last couple weeks in the Philippines with zero internet, um, so hence why we've uh, taken a little bit of a break from the podcast, but we are back. Uh, we're going to talk about a little, bit, a little bit about the PGA Championship today, and then I will actually have a podcast for all of you later this week that I recorded um, a couple of weeks ago with a, a couple of buddies where we're going to break down some of the best golf in Orange County. So uh, make sure you listen to that one as well. That is a really fun kind of travel-related podcast. But as, getting back to this PGA Championship, you know, being over uh, in the Far East, uh, you know, despite what seems like hours of attempts to, to get a VPN and everything together, it, you know, if you are a massive PGA fan, you like professional golf in the States, Vietnam is a shitty place to try to watch golf tournaments. It, it is very, very tough to make it work over here. The PGA Championship uh, feed on PGA.com does not work over here. Uh, it was very finicky. So pretty much my digestion of this entire tournament was in just watching complete highlights from the PGA.com YouTube site. Now, granted, you know it's it's not the worst way to digest a golf tournament. Um, assuming that you're not trying to follow everybody on Twitter and follow everything in real time, I mean, I feel like I got a pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good sense of everything that was going on in this golf tournament. And uh, so, I, I just kind of wanted to briefly share with you some of my thoughts, you know, some of the observations that I had made. And uh, I mean, again, again, Brooks Kepka, excellent. Tiger Woods, the top storyline. And uh, a couple things that I noticed from Tiger in this 2018 PGA Championship is that. The man's fire is back, you know, especially watching this final round. I mean, there were a couple times where Tiger was hitting bad shots, and instead of doing that, you know, that Tiger thing that we've seen early in this year as he's starting to kind of get back from this injury where he's got the, ah, sh- shucks uh, t- type of stuff. I mean, he was getting legitimately pissed off, which 
I, I loved seeing. I, I liked seeing that fire. I mean, when the guy, you know, when he was dominating golf for almost 20 years from the early 90s until, you know, two th- you know basically the, the fire hydrant incident, um, I, the guy would not tolerate bad golf shots. I mean, he, he'd hit a crap shot and he would get pissed off. And to see a little bit of that fire come back uh, in that final round today was really refreshing and almost sent a message to me that, you know what, he is not going to tolerate not being exceptional for much longer, if anymore. You know, I mean, as long as Tiger's back stays in one piece and he continues to be able to practice and play with, uh, you know, some kind of regularity, uh, he is going to be fun and he should be very much considered to be in the mix in any golf tournament that he participates in. Um, so really awesome to see a little bit of that fire come back from Tiger. Um, and the thing is, you know, the golf game that Tiger was playing today where I think Gary Woodland said, uh, who was his playing partner, was, you know, the guy looked like he shot 74 and yet he shot a 64. And and that's just because Tiger's missing fairways all day long. I believe he missed every single fairway on the front nine of the final round and somehow still went out in 32. Um, and despite some people may remembering differently, that's really not that different from the Tiger that we used to have back in the day. I mean, Tiger, you know, he used to be a more pure striker of the golf ball with the driver. Uh, but you know what, man? Even when he was winning those majors a little bit later uh, in his career, in those mid-2000s, he was not very accurate off the tee. And what kind of made Tiger so special is that he was just so incredible from every position on the golf course that he could miss fairways all day long and he'd still find a way to give himself 10-foot birdie putts. And that is kind of what we saw today. It was really, really impressive. It really did remind me of the Tiger of old. Um, and you know, I, I honestly don't see that as that much of a problem um, if we're trying to compare Tiger now to the Tiger of old. The only, the bad news for Tiger now is that you know, back when he was dominating 10, 15 years ago, he was one of the longest guys on tour. He was stronger you know, um, he hit the ball as far, if not further, than the big guys on tour. And now, you know, he's got guys that are 15 years younger than him that are pumping the ball straighter and 20 yards farther. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get a little bit into that in, uh, in a little more detail here shortly, but it's just, you know, that that advantage that Tiger had before isn't there anymore. Um, and you're seeing it because he, you know, from what I saw today in that final round, this Tiger Woods was not all that different from the Tiger Woods that was winning majors 10 years ago. And, I mean, the scores show it. I mean, the, the guy went out and on the weekend fired a 66 and a 64. And, you you know, I'd, I'd feel pretty comfortable saying that that's a kind of performance that wins 90% of the time. I mean, it just so happens that Brooks Kepka was incredible. You know, it just was really, really good. And, uh, you know, a 66 and a 64 over the weekend just wasn't quite enough. Uh, and by not quite enough, I mean, two, two shots, not enough. Um, you know, it's... Uh, and another observation from Tiger is that his putting, it looks good, man. It, it looks very much like the Tiger of old. Uh, th- this new putter that he's got, I believe it's a TaylorMade, that TP TaylorMade putter. It looks like he's got that confidence and a little bit of that swagger back on the putting greens where you, you just kind of expect him to sort of make everything from inside 25 feet. I mean, obviously, it, it, it's unrealistic to think that he's going to do it, but you, the thought always crosses your mind like, this has got a great chance to go in. And uh, really nice to see that back. It, I guess the big difference that you saw, and uh, it, I read this in Michael Bamberger's piece on golf.com, and that is, you know, 
there was that one putt, I believe, on 11 where he basically left it a quarter of a rotation short. And that that's really the biggest difference now is that you know, Tiger 10 years ago and 15 years ago, that putt goes in. You know, whether it's 2006, you know, at the, at the Masters on 16 or something else, like those little putts that, you know, he was just missing where he hit the, you know, hit a little bit too much of the paint on the right side of the cup or left it a quarter of a rotation short. Those putts, however unscientific it may be, those are the putts that used to fall when Tiger Woods was winning majors. And if he can somehow get a little bit of that magic juice back where those putts start falling in addition to all the other incredible putts that he was making on on Sunday, um, he'll get back in that winner's circle again so long as his body doesn't betray, betray him and he's able to stay a little bit healthy. So pretty impressive. Um, you know, from Tiger's post-round interview, you know, he had a couple of interesting comments that I, uh, I made a couple of notes on. Uh, the first one is that... He, He's calling Brooks Kepka Brooksy, and I thought that was just incredibly lame. I, I, I love Tiger, but uh, the, the inner dork of Tiger Woods is really is really shining through when he continually refers to Brooks Kepka as Brooksy. Um, but I was mentioning before, you know, Tiger. You want to ask what do you think was going wrong? He, you know, why, why he wasn't able to pull through and win this tournament today? And he had a really simple answer that kind of rung in my ears a little bit, and that is, he said, "Hey, man." You know, with Brooksy, it's hard to beat a guy who's hitting the ball 340 right down the middle. And it, I, I thought that was really interesting because essentially that's what everybody else used to be saying about Tiger Woods. You know, like the, the guy who could just hit it farther than anybody else and recover from any spot that he needed to. Um, and props to Brooks Kepka. I mean, Brooks, I think, is more accurate off the tee and longer than really Tiger ever was in his prime. The difference being that Tiger had you know was a 10 out of 10 on every other aspect of his game and that's kind of what helped through and he just had that clutch gene you know as we were saying before with those putts tiger's clutch gene was better than anybody else's so you know now the tiger is not the longest guy on tour it's almost like he's starting to get a little bit of uh medicine you know metaphorically speaking and that you know he's kind of going through what everybody else on the pga tour was going through from 1997 to 2009 um and, you know, another thing I thought was interesting about Tiger's comments, you know, uh, after the final round was he said that he was way more disappointed at the Open Championship last month. I mean, he said the fact that he never actually held the lead in this PGA Championship kept him a little bit more grounded. Um, and the fact that he coughed up a lead at the Open Championship certainly made him a lot more flustered. For me, that raises a little bit of a red flag because it means that Tiger, you know, back in his prime, Tiger would get the lead and he'd be like, all right, let's put the clamps down let's get after this where it it showed a little bit of the human side of tiger woods in that at that open championship he was very cognizant that he held the lead and it might have gotten to him a little bit whereas in this pga championship because he was never the solo leader i my interpretation of those comments is that he never felt the pressure to have to hold on i mean i think he just stayed in attack mode and i think if there's one thing he can learn from this tournament it's that hey you know the old tiger when he gets a lead, he just keeps attacking. He's, he's not trying to hold a lead or anything like that. So I'm hoping that those comments uh, will lead Tiger to have a little bit more success the next time that he finds himself in contention or possibly even uh, with the lead uh, in a final round of a major championship. Um, another, you know, another thing that I noticed that was, uh, you know, again, from Tiger's uh, comments after the final round was he said there was a strong lack of negative comments from the crowd. There was a lack of jeering in that um, the St. Louis crowd at Belle Reve was just not only incredibly loud, 
um, but really supportive and really positive. And I, I can only assume that meant, you know, not only for him, but I'm sure he was talking about the the reaction he saw from the crowd towards the other players as well. Because, you know, if you're watching it on TV or if you're watching the highlights like me or you're reading any of the commentary from any of the, the golf writers after the fact, I mean, and, and Brooks Kepka even said in his post-round interview is that other than, him, you know, Brooks said, other than me and my team, everybody in the entire world was rooting for Tiger Woods to win. So I, for Tiger, obviously he's going to get showered with a lot of praise, but I think Tiger was also impressed with how positive the crowd was, not just towards him, but towards everybody, which, t- to be fair, caught me a little by surprise. You know, I, my <laughs> my view of St. Louis sports fans is not... It's not the most rosy and and cheerful uh, of places, you know. I mean, if, if anybody is familiar with the uh, with the Twitter feed, I want to say like you know fans of St. Louis or you know, like the St. Louis Cards fans, like there's like this account that basically retweets all these just insanely racist and just completely inappropriate um, comments from St. Louis Cardinals fans that certainly does not paint the sporting. You know, sport viewing public of St. Louis in the most positive or non-racist light. And it, it was, you know, it was refreshing to hear the players, um, you know, especially Tiger, a guy of color, um, who said there was not a single speck of neg- negativity or anything like that. So that was actually really encouraging to hear, um, which was great. And then um, and, and the last comment from, you know, Tiger's uh, press conference that I thought was interesting is that he still is very aware that things could go south and that he's not, you know, d- despite him having a little bit of that fire back, um, he's still trying to temper expectations. I mean, I think his line was, hey, nobody's ever done this before. Nobody's ever tried to play professional golf with a spine that's been fused together. Um, and, and that's and that's what I have to keep trying to remind myself. You know, with these last two major championships, Tiger having the lead and then not quite getting it with the Open Championship and then here, you know, firing a final round 64. I mean, that's, that's some balls-to-the-wall stuff. And you just got to keep in mind, man, a year ago, I mean, this guy's... I mean, we still don't know if he's ever going to play golf again a year ago. And here he is in contention and back-to-back Sundays of back-to-back major championships. Um, It's just truly incredible stuff. And I think so long as all of us don't start to expect that old Tiger back really at all. I mean, we got to keep in mind that that guy's never coming back. And the guy that we have now, uh, as Bamberger said, is it's the easiest it's ever been to cheer for Tiger Woods. I mean... Right now, what he is is instead of you know he is a man in recovery. I mean, he he's a guy who all of us can certainly get behind. Um, it's it, it just really is it's absolutely incredible what Tiger Woods has been doing, especially given all the circumstances and all the things that he has overcome. Um, you know, Tiger he he's never been a golfer with a life story. You know, his life story is incredible. Um, it's like I said, it's easier to root for him now than, bef- you know, than ever before. Cause we all see that he is a guy who's like us. He's a guy who's trying to will himself to be better than he probably should be. And that's a story that we can all relate to. Um, pretty incredible stuff. Tiger, you almost did it, man. I mean, we, you know, Brooks Kepko was absolutely right in that we are wholeheartedly pulling for you. Um, I certainly am, you know, it's, I think it's kind of funny that there's a there seems to be a a sentiment just based on the little bit of reading I was doing comments from the golf fans around the world, mostly the United States. That you know, that I, I think now the hipster thing to do is be like, oh yeah, I don't like Tiger Woods. Like you know, Brooks Kepa was easily the best guy in the golf tournament. Like he's the one that we should all be rooting for. He's greatness, and it's like, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to be fucking boring, like, you know, sure. But, like, Tiger's story is more fun to root for. And, um, you know, I mean, shit. I, I could give a shit that I'm, I'm in agreement with 98% of sports fans in the world because that is the best story. He is the greatest golfer of my generation, um, and I love seeing greatness. I mean, granted, I, I like seeing a guy you know win consistently like Brooks Kepka, three major championships in two years. Um, the only problem with Brooks Kepka is, you know, he's boring and he's unlikable and that, you know, that's kind of a nice little segue into our uh, the second half of the podcast here where you know Brooks Kepka <laughs> you know the the second uh you know the second story of this thing did win after all um and he did so with some absolutely deft touch with every club in his bag as tiger mentioned he's just catapulting the ball you know 320 to 340 yards in the air um on a golf course that was really soft you know, it's getting no roll. So a guy like Brooks Kepka, who's going to hit the ball in the air that far, just has an unbelievable advantage over everybody else in the field, except for the guys that can do those similar things like a Dustin Johnson or a Justin Thomas. Um, but it is pretty crazy. Like, you know, Brooks Kepka, I think, is still not getting a lot of the respect that a guy who has been as successful as he has deserves. Now, I'm going to go into this a little bit. I think there's some pretty justified reasons that he's not getting the respect and the notoriety that some of the other guys are. But, I mean, you know, if we're just looking at the facts, we're just looking at the numbers, Brooks Kepka has now won three times as many champion, you know, major championships as Dustin Johnson. He has won three times as many major championships as Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, two guys who are remarkably more famous and, you know, get a lot more notoriety than Brooks Kepka. He has won a thousand times more major championships than Ricky Fowler, who is still sitting at zero. I'm mean, doing it. I don't mean that in any disrespect to Ricky. I love Ricky Fowler, but the fact of the matter is, despite you know all of us thinking that Ricky Fowler's right on the precipice of winning a major and he's just one of the best golfers in the world, he's won zero major championships and Brooks Kepka now has three to match Golden Boy himself, Jordan Spieth. Um, I mean, could you imagine back in 2015, you know, when Jordan Spieth won two major championships in a single season? Um, you know, he was on top of the world. People are heralding him as the next, you know, the next great thing. And Brooks Kepka just won two major championships in a single year. And I am not getting the vibe that uh, the golfing world is embracing Brooks Kepka uh, in the same way that Jordan Spieth was embraced in 2015. I think that has a lot to do with the majors that each of them won. I think Anytime you win the Masters, in addition to another major championship in a year, you're just going to have a little bit more pop than you would anything else because the Masters is the Masters. It's the first championship of the year. It sets the tone for the rest of the golf season. Um, I think had Brooks Kapko won the Masters and the PGA Championship, uh, people would probably be thinking about him a little bit differently. Um, the Masters in the U.S. Open, they certainly would be thinking about him a little bit differently. Uh, you know, the PGA Championship for better or for worse, is the redheaded stepchild of the four major championships, and it's the one that we give the least amount of credence to. But at the end of the day, it's still a major championship, and it's almost you know, it's almost assured that uh, Brooks Kepka will be named the 2018 Player of the Year. Um, this win puts him up to number two in the world golf rankings. Um, and that's another thing I kind of you know forget, and some of us forget is he just won two major championships, uh, coming off off-season wrist surgery. I mean. In in March and April, going to the Masters, I mean, we weren't even sure what to expect out of Brooks Kepka this year. I mean, it's not it's not easy to come off an injury like that 
um, you know, something as important as your wrist uh, when it comes to your golf swing. And I mean, the guy won two major championships. I mean, all all due respect to Brooks Kepka, his uh, his golf game is undeniably great. Um, but yeah, that all being said, it, it's hard to overlook the fact that Brooks Kepka is. He's an unlikable superstar. Um, you know, other than those, you know, basically you golf hipsters that are just trying to talk about how awesome Brooks Kepka is because he's, you know, simply based on the fact that he's great at golf. I agree. Um, but again, noting that same article that I talked about from Michael Bamberger, he was talking about Tiger Woods, how, you know, being an athlete in today's world is more difficult than ever before. Not only do you have to be an incredible world-class athlete who's at the top of your craft, but you also have to be an entertainer a showman, a celebrity, a philanthropist. And, you know, guys like Tiger Woods today are checking all those boxes, okay? Brooks Kepka does not check those boxes. Is he an entertainer? Only if you're a guy that just watches shot to shot and doesn't care about personality at all. I mean, his personality, let's be honest, it's boring. It's boring as all hell, man. He shows hard, hardly any emotion out on the golf course, uh, honestly, when I saw that final, those final round highlights today, and I saw him, you know, give a couple of kind of subtle fist pumps, I was like, "Wow, that might be the most emotion I've ever seen out of Brooks Kepka. And it's hard to get behind a guy. It's hard to care about a guy who seems like he doesn't care himself. Um, and so that, that's one thing. He's not a showman. Uh, again, I mean. He's inc- he's just an incredible. I mean, he's probably the best golfer in the world right now, and yet he doesn't really put on a show. Um, celebrity, you know, I mean, Brooks, if you were a little bit more likable, you had a little bit more personality. If you smiled a little bit more, um, and you, you don't, you probably would be a little more likable. Um, a philanthropist, I, I cannot speak to Brooks Kepka's philanthropy. I have no idea if, if he gives his time or his money to charitable organizations or anything else like that. Um, so it would be just absolutely silly for me to try to comment on something like that. But, you know, th- there was a couple of things that he did today that it just, it reminded me of how unlikable um, he is and makes me wonder what his future looks like um, as one of the best golfers in the world, a guy who almost assuredly is going to win more major championships you know, with three already, he's basically a lock. You know, for the Golf Hall of Fame, nobody has ever won three major championships and not made it into the World Golf Hall of Fame. So, with that all being said, you know, it's great. On top of that, he's only the fifth man to ever win the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship in the same year. Um, pretty, pretty incredible. And his reputation, and and this is actually something I'm I'm not going to be referencing a uh, an article by you know. My favorite uh, journalist on the golf beat, Mr. Alan Shipnuck of uh, Golf.com and, and Sports Illustrated. And, you know, it, I think today, even with Tiger Woods charging and, you know, putting all the pressure on Kepka in the world, um, it's, it's earned Kepka the highest compliment that can be bestowed upon a golfer and that he has the ruthless ability to close uh, in the same way that Tiger and, and Jack Nicklaus did back in the day. Guys, you know, other guys on the leaderboard that were popular – People loved, wanted to see win, charging up that leaderboard and just the ability to just not flinch and just get after it and just win. Um, It's really, really impressive. But, uh, you know, it's just, it feels like Brooks Kepka 
perceives that the world is out to get him and that isn't giving him his proper due. But in 2018, that doesn't come without giving a little bit back and giving people a reason um, to like you. Uh, you know, Brooks Kepka, he's a strapping, strapping guy. I mean, the guy is y- 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 yoked. Um, but you know what? Again, he's boring. And, and the other thing about it is being a golfer who is amazingly physically fit is just not impressive and just does not stand out in the way that it did 10 years ago. When Tiger Woods, you know, in the mid-2000s was walking up the golf course just ripped, you know, just <laughs> just absolutely shredded, um, it stood out. There were a not a lot of other golfers on the PGA Tour that were taking their fitness uh, as seriously as Tiger Woods. And now Rory is shredded. You know, obviously Brooks Koepka is shredded. It's, it's common to see guys on the PGA Tour with tight tight t-shirts and a lot of muscle. Um, and so he he just doesn't stand out in the way that he probably wants to because this other thing that kind of bothers me is that Brooks Kapka has continually made comments saying that I'm not a golfer, I'm an athlete, okay? And it says that golf is boring, <laughs> uh, which, you know, is, is pretty interesting considering that's the only reason that anybody even knows his name to begin with. Um and that he loves to say that golf is boring and that he never watches it and that he's not a, quote, golf nerd, uh, which is what he considers to be the ultimate put down. And, you know, it's, I don't know, when I read those comments, it really does, it does not make Brooks Kepka an endearing figure. Um, and, I, you know, there's part of me that in a way kind of agrees in that golf is a sport that does attract a fair amount of, you know, like nerds, so to speak. But you know what? I think golf, almost more than any other sport, uh, it attracts an incredibly diverse uh, set of fans and people that are drawn to not just uh, watch golf but play golf. I mean, the, you know, the people that are going to be at your high-end private club paying a quarter million dollars to join—that um, that is a wholly different experience than when you go out to your muni and you pay fifteen bucks to go play with a couple guys. You see guys, you know, smoking a joint, playing eighteen holes, drinking a couple beers with their friends. That they're all still playing the same sport and you know like in anything there's going to be a subset of those people that are nerds and there's going to be a subset that are not nerds and it's funny because the guys who are defending Kepka online but oh nope he's the best one like you know we need to respect and like admire this like who cares about Tiger Woods he's not like Kepka was better those nerds are the only ones that are defending him you know it, it, it's just weird and that like to come out and say that golf is boring it it reminded me shades of Jason Schmidt back when he used to play for the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, where, you know, he's like, hey, man, like, I don't even really like baseball that much, but it, you know, I, I make a lot of money doing it more than I'd make doing anything else. And while it's, you know, you can respect the honesty, it's like, fucking lie to us, man. Like, it, 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 how the hell am I supposed to get behind you and invest my, you know, my emotions into you when you're not even investing your emotions in this game? And, you know, for, I don't know, for for Brooks Kepka to come out and not label himself as, hey, I am not a self-righteous, you know, golf nerd or a golf dork. Like, I'm an athlete. I'm cool. It's like, yeah, but that actually just makes you a self-righteous douchebag. So it, it, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's it's so tough. It, it, I'm really at a crossroads emotionally with the Brooks Kepka experience because on one hand, he is just so talented but he's just so unlikable and he's so fucking boring. 
And you know, this uh, th- there's one last little story I'll tell uh, again from that Alan Shipnuck article, um, and it's something that I had just learned when I had read this, and it was really kind of fascinating. And that is, you know, I might even just go straight to the article here, but uh, you know, Alan Shipnuck writes that after Brooks Kepka's breakthrough at Aaron Hills, he wanted to have a story. Uh, he wanted to feature Brooks Kepka on the f- front cover of Sports Illustrated, and after that didn't work out, he wanted to, you know, he wrote a cover story for Golf Magazine that focused on Dustin Johnson's tight relationship with Brooks Kepka and their shared trainer, uh, whose name I think is Joey Diovisalvi. What? How about that last name? And long story short, um, after you know all the uh, images and the pictures put together, the editorial staff for Golf Magazine ended up just putting a picture of Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka on the cover. Um, and somehow, some way, Kepka was upset uh, that the trainer, Joey D, wasn't getting his due by being pictured on the front cover and cared so deeply about honoring, you know, his presence and having it be on the top, front of the magazine um, that it required apologies, not only from Shipnuck, but from the golf's top editor with the management team. And Alan Shipnuck didn't even realize that uh, how pissed off that Brooks Kepka was until after the final round uh, of the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. Brooks Kepka has just won his second major championship, his second U.S. Open in a row. And Alan Shipnuck walks into the media tent, uh, the Champions Conference, uh, as he says, and Brooks Kepka's agent jumps out in front of him and says, don't even think about asking him a question. And it's like, what? This guy's one of the top golf riders in the country. Like, what, where the hell do you get off? telling him not to ask a question. And again, this is a guy who was lobbying for Brooks Kepka to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So unless there is a, unless we are not getting the full story, and again, this is all, this is, you know, this is all from Alan Shipnuck's perspective. So, you know, it, it certainly is possible that Brooks Kepka may have a rebuttal to all this and there may be a different side of the story. You know, based on everything I've ever read from Shipduck over the past, I can't imagine that he would paint this in an overly negative view, you know, picture of Brooks Kepka, unless it, uh, you know, it, it warranted that kind of treatment. So after that's going on, you know, we're still in this you know, champions press conference after Brooks Kepka wins the U S open at Shinnecock Hills. And, you know, Alan Shipnuck sits down and then Kepka looks up, points at Alan Shipnuck says, you out. And, to me, that is just so crazy that a guy who's on top of the world, he just won, that he could be thinking about his trainer not getting the respect that he thought he deserved. Uh, again, in a moment where he should be nothing but joyous, happy. He's on top of the golfing world. And he's his focus and energy is concentrated on kicking out a reporter who, at the end of the day, really didn't have anything to do with the you know the disrespect that he's associated with him. So it's... It's very bitter. It's it's very little of Brooks Kepka, and um, it was very strange. And then, you know, after learning about this, when I went back to watch the, uh, you know, the, the pro round press conference for Brooks Kepka today, uh, it, it's it was very interesting because it's very obvious that he still does not like Alan Shipnuck, and uh, and maybe it's not just Alan. Maybe it's the entire golf magazine and Sports Illustrated, uh, you know, kind of media, con- you know, contingency, but. Um, you know, at, at that press conference, t- you know, today or last night, uh, Shipnuck asked, you know, uh, if he, you know, if, if Brooks Kepka thought that 
this win will lead to widespread recognition and appreciate, you know, appreciation that it seems like he so openly craves. And while Alan Shipduck is asking this question, after being very poignant and very respectful, looking all the reporters in the eyes as they're asking questions, the second that Shipduck starts to talk, Brooks Kepa takes off his hat, doesn't make eye contact, starts like groaning, uh, nah, nah. and you know, asking him this, and he gives like a short little curt two-word answer. Hope so. And then clicks over to the moderator. Next question. And man, I, I would love to know if there really is something beyond what Shipnuck is describing in his article. But again, based on the quality and honesty of Alan Shipnuck's journalism that I have uh, come to appreciate and expect over the years, you know, it's it's just a little odd. It's odd that that kind of behavior would be taking place in a moment that would seemingly be so joyous. So, you know, Alan Shipnuck does finish that article, though, saying, Kepka still has an edge, and that is bad news for every other golfer on the planet. And, hey, I couldn't agree more. I don't like the guy. You know, I'd, I'd rather see Tiger Woods win any golf tournament that those two are going toe-to-toe in. But holy shit, is he good at golf. So, Brooks Kepka, your 2018 PGA Championship winner. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, it was really nice being back. Uh, we will be, you know, the Golf Guide podcast will be back shortly. We have a little bit of info on the best of Orange County golf for you guys in one of our next episodes. So until then, take care. Enjoy the late summer, early fall. I mean, it's one of the best times of year to play golf in Northern California. Uh, and until next time, mahalo. <laughs>